Welcome to another episode of Found City Sports Media, a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name is Armando, aka Hot Take Mondo, and I'm joined by my friend Reese, aka the Reese Incarnate Bach Lesnar. And today we're going to talk about a Chiefs win, but a really, really awkward and like strange Chiefs win. Definitely one of probably one of the worst wins we've ever had but uh we will uh we will dive into that soon before we do that reese how's it going over on your neck of the woods out in north kansas city by chicken and pickle well i can tell you right now things are going well but they could be going better because i see you enjoying a nice crisp 12 ounce montucky cold snack you know you know baby. standard beer side can <laughs> i cannot find 12 ounce montuckies anywhere in kansas city i go only, only tall, tall boys. Only tall boys, which I know it's like, oh, it's tall boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's like, but sometimes you want to go through yeah. two twelve ounces instead of a sixteen ounce because two twelve ounces is more fresh. You're right. Yeah, after like you know, I, I think that Montucky stays fresh more than like other beers. But but you're right. It, it hits differently when you when you crack open the can. That's weird. They don't sell those. I feel like they would make more. Well, I guess you make more money with tall boys because it's less beer technically than a than a six pack than a four pack. Yeah, margins. I always are better. forget what the math is. Um, I forget what it was, but yeah, I think like just like mathematically they get paid more but mm-hmm. that's a bummer dude it's a mega, it hits different mega bummer and like i said i went to i went to red x i told you about my experience to red x right yep mm-hmm. and, and online it said they had a case or like a 12 pack at least of montucky and i went there i could not find it so it's elusive man i just want some montucky's in my fridge damn well if you're in kansas city and you know where the 12 ounces are hit us up on instagram facebook twitter reese where can they find us so they can they can give you some of those beers and hook you up in kansas city yo you can find us on instagram facebook and twitter at fountain city sm where we're dropping weekly memes and highlights of our most recent episodes and if you really really like what you're hearing head on over to patreon.com backslash fc SM to get access to premium content, including bonus episodes, exclusive beer reviews, and our 10-part in-depth deep dive into the Fast and Furious franchise, Speedy and Angry. Episode 7, coming very soon, just doing the editing on that, and recently watched and recorded episode 8 with the rad Russian Alex Nikolenko. So, Plenty of content coming to you on patreon.com backslash FCSM. Speaking about the rad Russian Alex Nikolenko, um, Reese, I'm looking at our Fountain Fantasy. This is the last week of the regular season going into the playoffs. Reese is tied for last place with our boy, Kyle. And Reese probably has to win this next matchup to not be in last place. Because I think even if you both tie at the end, I guess we'll go with like most points scored well guess who you're matched up against reese that's right the rad russian alex nikolenko and alex is first so technically he can like he can rig the game for you so that you don't get last place and have to do the last place punishment and he'll still make the playoffs isn't there a loser's bracket though Uh, well i guess we never established who is like the biggest loser but i thought it was just whoever had the worst record at the end of the year well so here's the thing technically i got kyle on tiebreaker points wise so long as oh really so kyle oh i thought you i thought you had the the least amount of points i have a 47 point lead on kyle so provided kyle doesn't just go nuclear and i don't have like a bum week which is very possible uh but no it sucks because it's just too little too late because my team's starting to get healthy and uh, i do believe i've gone 
two and one in my last three subsequently. So, although it's super funny, I was going to say you you are projected to beat um, the rad Russian Alex Nikolenko because as you are progressing, he is downgrading. Hell yeah! So I, I just want to do something funny here. I want to check this. Um, who am I looking for? Uh, what's the name? There we go. So all is well so i i lucked out this last week because i was playing your brother official fcs team or whatever it is and uh i had a it was like a nine point lead on him going into monday night football and i was lucky because he had a kicker that was on a buy and he didn't do anything about it uh yep exactly nine point lead so the only kicker he could have gotten that would have helped him out in that game would have been matt prater so I was trying to like finagle stuff to like drop players from my team to acquire Matt Prater just so he couldn't ask him for young. <laughs> really? But I didn't know the Raven. No, I didn't know this. The Ravens had activated J.K. Dobbins uh, from IR, but I left him on IR because I'm like, well, they're not going to play him because like every time they have played, he got zero points. So I kept trying to get Matt Prater on my team, but they're like, you have to remove the guy from IR in order to get more players on your team. Like, well, this is bull crap. I can't move him off IR because he played, so he's locked into that position. So I was like refreshing the waiver wire, seeing if your brother picked up Matt Prater at any point. Thankfully, 7-15 rolls around. He did not pick up Matt Prater. Albeit, he only scored six points in that game anyway. So... I still would have won by three points, but that's literally the first break of luck I've had all season long. <laughs> well, let, well, let's see if your if your luck continues because you're going to be up against, uh, like I said, Alex Nikolenko, who has Cordero Patterson, Jonathan Taylor, Devonte Adams, Michael Pittman Jr., who's actually doing pretty well. Um, but you have Joe Mixon. Is Joe Mixon back? He's back. He's back. Oh yeah. And then you have Pacheco Goat. Herbert, who should do well against Tennessee since they're imploding. Mike Evans. Mike Evans has been weird this year. He Mike sucks. Evans like really up and down. Actually, had a really bad. He's having a bad year. Yeah, he's really bad year. You like my, my team on paper? Honestly, it's like the heart. Of my, heart of my lineup: Evans, Metcalf, and Andrews. Is like if you would have told me they all would have like career low years, I wouldn't have believed you. <laughs> Andrews especially. That's, it's like come that's on, fantasy baby. What are you gonna do? I I actually like on my team. I th- I I think I only have like one starter from who I drafted. Really? <laughs> Everyone else I've picked up on the rave, waiver wire. Oh my! Yeah. Gosh. So I picked up. I have Kamara and AJ Brown, and I think that's it. Because I've like I picked up Geno Smith, Kenneth Walker on the waiver wire. I traded for um, Amon Rod St. Brown. I traded for Garrett Wilson. This is a fresh new team. I definitely just picked up with the Ravens D because someone went some someone dropped them. Jason Myers I picked up like. It's a completely waiver wire team. Dang, dude, that's a that's pretty impressive. My team it's is fantasy baby. My my team is mostly draftees. Really, the only new faces are Pacheco, who was an absolute late round flyer, Joe Mixon and Herbert. I flipped for JTT and Kirk Cousins. Uh, but that's about it. Well, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, because if uh, Reese is the loser of the 
of the fight of the league he'll have to do something for, to be the loser and i forget what i guess we haven't established it yet i'll have to go back and look at what the like the top two was and then we'll have to vote on it and then reese may have to do that that challenge for us so stay tuned maybe we can post it maybe we can post it as patreon content well, that's not a bad idea what if we did like the waffle house <laughs> challenge but i had to eat a waffle for every win i had so it's at least five waffles you can eat you can eat five waffles i mean because like because the whole like 24 hour challenge is like that's brutal right that's like, savage i i, there's, I can't there's no it. way anybody can do that because like realistically how many how many pancakes can you put down probably 10 right Ooh, my gosh yeah i mean maybe depending on the size of their pancakes and the width so like best case scenario it takes you two hours to eat 10 pancakes which is then a total of 12 hours then you still have to sit in there for another 12 straight hours that's terrible no nah, that's that's terrible <laughs> There was one. And I w- by that point, I, I, by that point, I, I, I bet you would get kicked out. Yeah, probably. Well, no, they don't kick you out of Waffle House for anything, to be honest. I mean, not especially a Missouri oh, really? Waffle House. Are you kidding? They hold like joint sessions of Congress in those. <laughs> <laughs> Fili- filibustering in a Waffle House. Basically, there was one. I remember there was a, there was a college humor video back when college humor was still good, where it was like. It was literally just a game of rock, paper, scissors, and loser had to walk from downtown Manhattan to, like, Staten Island or something like that. <laughs> and they, he did it in one day. It took him, like, 11 hours or something. Uh, but I'm like, that would have been a good challenge. It's like if, you know, I had to walk from, like, North KC to, like, Union Station or something like that. Oh, that'd be brutal. That like, would. from your place to Union Station? Exactly. But unfortunately, I got to take that off the table though, because I got that turf toe injury. I'm still recovering from. So, <laughs> dude, you would you would turf toe? You'd break your ACL, MCL, everything. Oh yeah, just like walk the hitch for the rest of my life. Ugh. Woof. Well, we'll see what happens, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see uh, what we end up picking for him. All right, let's let's get right into the game then, Reese. Um, a very strange game. The Kansas City Chiefs win, thirty-four to twenty-eight against the Denver Broncos. Oh man, there you know, there's a lot. A lot to talk about in this game. It's great we scored thirty four points, right? Like that. That's great. That's great uh, against against a really formidable defense. Oh yeah. But um, still, the offense had its challenges, and of course, the defense incredible challenges on defense. Um, uh, Reese, okay. So we 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 played the Broncos. We just played a, a two and uh, sorry a three and nine team. Okay, now they're three and ten. Mm-hmm. What can you take from this game that you are worried about going into the playoffs? What is the number one thing you're worried about from this game? We're just going to go negative on this because because we're Kansas City Chiefs fans. We know we're going to be in the playoffs, but like we we can learn a lot from this game. So what what is the, what makes you the most nervous? Um, besides the fact that we have a bottom five defense in the league, and I, I don't want to hear anybody like make any excuses at this point. This team is going to be one and done in the playoffs. Depending, okay, depending where we start in the playoffs, we get a wild card against. Hot like, take, Reese. We're one and done in the playoffs. If if we don't get the one seed, and we have like a first round matchup against like the Pats or the Dolphins or the Jets or something like that. Then yeah, we'll, we'll beat them. But if we're in the second round and we got to go against like the Bills or the Bengals or maybe even the the uh, Ravens, dude, we're gonna be one and done. This defense is pathetic, and the defensive coordinator calling those plays needs to go. Uh, that's my number one takeaway, which I'm sure we'll go more in depth on in this later on. But what's your opinion on this, Armando? What's what's your biggest fear coming out of this game? 
that Spags is still our defensive coordinator going into the playoffs. Uh, Reese, I am I am done. I am I am over this defense. I I can't believe we let the worst offense in the NFL with Russell Wilson. We let him cook. I want to go back, Reese, and look at all the other people that have cooked that normally don't cook, right? So we had Russell Wilson, 28 points. We had Malik Willis score 17 points on this team. I mean, that's inexcusable as well. We had Jimmy Garoppolo score 23 points on this defense. We had... We had Derek Carr score 29 on this defense. We had Kyler Murray, like in the beginning of the year, that also wasn't good, had scored also scored 21 points. I mean, constantly we're having offenses that are not good score more than 20 points on us, and that is inexcusable for a Super Bowl contending team. Again, and th- this is like the, the this is the cultivation of of failure to have a Russell Wilson three and nine team. He's calling plays from Seattle, and everybody's looking at him like, "What are you? You're crazy!" This offense has been in shambles. Yet we are the team that let him cook with twenty eight points, making it look easy with three touchdowns to Jerry Judy before he had the concussion. Reese, I don't even know if 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 we win this game if Russ doesn't go down. Like if Russ doesn't go down for. for from that concussion who's to say we we solidified that win i mean russ was cooking and it's an embarrassment that we let him cook i don't care if we win the super bowl spags has to go well i it's done i agree it's over i agree with what you said because everything you mentioned about russ this isn't just like oh it's not a good team this is a historically bad offense this year with a head coach that has no idea what he's doing And he's way over his head. And the fact that we let him march up and down the field on us on multiple occasions. And here's one thing I want to clear out of the air. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, well, Patrick Mahomes didn't help me through three interceptions. Okay, yeah, fair. But here's the thing. It's not like he threw those interceptions in the red zone or gave the Broncos really short field to work with. I think only that first right. interception was on their own side of the field, and that was it was picked off at like hour 45. The other two were both in what would be considered field goal range on the Denver side of the field. That's touchback territory. They didn't have short fields. Here's the other thing, though. You cannot let this absolute dog-turd, turgid offense that is the Broncos get 21 points off of those turnovers, including a touchdown at the turn of half. Now, let's say Mahomes throws two touchdowns and they get the ball before half, or two interceptions and they get the ball before half. Okay, you allow, you give them some field goals then. You allow them to score 13 points, yeah, okay, that's fine. 17, do better. But the full 21 gamut on those three drives is unacceptable and should be grounds for termination right then and there. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree with you. And, and why don't why don't we dive into it deeper, Reese, into why it's inexcusable? the The first touchdown that that Jerry Judy had was against who, Reese? Who who was he matched up against? Joshua Williams. Joshua Williams. Where is Legarius Sneed? Where is Trent McDuffie? Where is the help from Juan Thornhill? And where is the help from Justin Reed? We talked about last week seeing Juan Thornhill and Justin Reed get absolutely lit up against the Bengals. And we see it again this week. But but again, like it, it's not even the safeties. It's why is Joshua Williams... And, and wasn't it a four Fourth, was it fourth down? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's a fourth down, and you know they, you know that they have to pass it to their best receiver. Yet for some reason, Joshua Williams is one on one. They're not playing zone; they're playing man, and they're playing press man on Jerry Judy. Like again, I know I'm a Kansas City fan for Kansas City fans. Someone please message us on Instagram that knows football more than I do and explain why we have Joshua Williams on him as our third corner where the hell is Legereus Sneed where the hell is Trent McDuffie I mean the only thing I can think of and this has been Spags calling cards entire time here is that Spags will put his guys you know on the field when, what does when that he mean wants. who is this? why is Joshua Williams his guy why was Ben Neiman his guy over Nick Bolton or Willie Gay Jr you know <sighs> it's, it's it's almost like he's senile or something but it's like he's the only one who can't see that you have two better cornerbacks to put on a number one receiver. Why is he the only defensive coordinator in the league that doesn't seem to put his best talent on their best talent? Guys guard Kelsey all... You didn't see the Chargers putting like some scrub linebacker on Kelsey. No, they put Derwin James on him. The Rams, they didn't trust him with a the safety. They put Jalen Ramsey on Kelsey all game. Why aren't we doing that to team's number one wide receivers? It's gashing us. It's killing us. Yeah, and I, I, I really don't understand. And this has to be a schematic thing that Spags swears by, which means he's not going to adjust during the playoffs. This is what he believes. Maybe he... But, like, even... Um, I, I know someone had made the argument as well. Well, maybe maybe Trent McDuffie is only on the left side of the field or Legereus Sneed's only on the right side of the field. Why are they both on the, on the same side of the field then? Or why is one off the field on a fourth down they must stop them play i mean it's just it's stupid and and furthermore i'm starting to realize how stupid it was to get rid of rashad fenton as well like if if we got rid of rashad fenton for this like for this comp pick that actually might not even happen anymore by the way um but if we got if if we let go of him because we believed in these guys as josh williams jalen watson like it's not working and I would have much rather have had a Rashad Fenn on Jerry Judy on fourth down than someone that was a seventh round pick from Lafayette State University College. Well, so I think Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson are both great CB3 like depth rotational pieces. But again, it's like when it's fourth, but not in that not in a fourth down situation against one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah, on fourth down, you don't have your wide your cornerback three and four on the field. You have your number one dudes on the field guarding their number one dudes. It's it's an all or nothing play. Why is that so hard to grasp? And it, it goes deeper than this. It goes deeper than just letting him score the points they did in this game and letting him crawl back into it. I'm going to point you to before Russ went out, and it is second and 34. Oh, my gosh. Second yep. and over one-third of the football field, and they still allow them to convert that in two plays. The very next play, they allow like a 20-yard screen patch to Dolchich or whatever it was, convert yep. that third down. Why on this green earth did they give him the yards back, number one, to make it second and 34 when they already had third and 24 in the books? It doesn't matter when you're playing your secondary like 15 yards back off the line of scrimmage. You give them that giant bubble to work with. They catch the ball about 9, 10 yards out, turn up field, run for another five. It's 15 yards right there. That spags every third and long. Every third and long. 
And 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 kind of to to summarize your point and my point in a Spags defense, the opposite team is never out of the game. No, and that is and that is what's upsetting is that Patrick Mahomes can score three touchdowns in the first half, and the other team is not out of it. In fact, they're probably going to come back because they're going to have to throw, and that's our weakness right now. You can throw one on one against Josh Williams, and Josh Williams is probably going to be out there. And for for a Super Bowl champion team, for a team with one of the best players in NFL two of the best players in NFL history right yesterday uh, Travis Kelsey surpassing Shannon Sharp as well and the to have two of the best wide uh, two of the best players in NFL history to put them with a Spags defense to not compliment them is a shame. I am I am ashamed of Kansas, of the Kansas City Chiefs having Spags there when they know that the other team is always in the game even when we're up 28 to 0. I mean against an awful an awful offense, Reese. Like uh this this may be like the I mean we've had tipping points for Spags, but for me this is this is the last this is the tipping point, man. Well, no more excuses. I don't care if we blow out the next four games. I don't care. Spags has to go. It's like I don't. I don't trust him. I mean, again, if it's the end of the half, it's it's one thing if you know big old cannon arm Josh Allen or Josh Allen or Justin Herbert, you know, strikes you quick, strikes you hard the way the Broncos did. But this is Russell Wilson, and like I said, a turgid dog turd of an offense putting those points up against you. Now, here's something I found online I thought was really interesting. Uh, there's a bit of pass coverage analysis for like what the quarter or the the passer ratings are against specific players in the secondary. So I'll skip over Bolton and Gay. They're both pretty respectable. They're in the the 70s and low 80s. Cornerback one and two, Trent McDuffie allowing a passer rating of 77.2. Legereus Sneed 90.9. Not too bad. Pretty solid. Cornerbacks three and four. Joshua Williams 108.7. Jalen Watson 109.3. <laughs> Good night, and and for those of you that I mean, Russell Wilson had a, a hundred rating today. No, no, sorry, he had a QBR of fifty eight. Um, that that's abysmal, Reese. That that is like Tom Brady's prime is is one hundred eight, one hundred nine. Well, now it gets better here on this. I mean, these guys are going to be our starting safeties no matter what. But Juan Thornhill, one hundred thirty five point five. Justin, you're Tuna kidding. Can read one hundred twenty three point five. Oh my, th- a. That is that is awful. That's abysmal. And you know what? Like like Justin Reed and Juan Thornhill are not as bad as as Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson. It's just like again with with the scheme, they have to cover so much ground. If you if you look at that first Jerry Judy play, like Juan Thornhill is 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 in the middle of the field, not helping out. He sees that that Joshua Williams is about to get exposed, and it's already too late. Like they have so much ground to cover, it's so inexcusable, and it's it just seems so easy to fix, Reese. Like again. I know that I'm ignorant being a Kansas City Chiefs fan. So someone please explain to me like why Spags is dying on this hill. And I'm going to assume he's dying this on this hill because that that's who he is, right? He's he's been in the league for so long. He was the Brady stopper. He's probably, you know, he he won't swallow his pride. It's like this is this is how I've won in the past. This is how we will win now. Well, come on. And the thing that's concerning too is that this is now what Spags fourth season with the Chiefs since we got rid of Bob Sutton. Uh, I'm yep. seeing some stark similarities here. Primarily the fact that it can be third and fifteen or third and twenty, and I still believe something's going to happen. Either blown coverage, wrong personnel, or a pass interference. I think we saw all of those happen. Uh, but in his fourth year, the defense is getting 
notably worse and worse under Spagnuolo. I don't care what numbers say. People say, well, actually, his defensive metrics are better this year. No, they're not. People have figured out Spag's scheme. They know it starts and stops with the front four. They know that on second and third down, he's going to send House to try and take you back because he's been on the record saying he'd rather get you out of field goal range than allow you to gain yards. And, uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious. I think one thing that blew my mind so many times, the number of times that on third and fourth down, particularly third and fourth long, that whatever kind of defense he's running out there, there was always a giant gap between the linebackers and the secondary. I mean, huge. I'm like, look at all that yep. space. So the, much space. The yep. Broncos out there on third down, they have these packages where everybody's spaced and spread out over the field. And I'm like, looking at the you know, pre-snap, like, so he's in motion. I'm like, where are they going to find space in this defense here? I'm like, they're, you know, they're covered, dude. That guy can go there. He can go there. Nothing like that for the Chiefs. All I see are wide open green pastures. Russell Wilson, four carries, 57 yards with an average of 14 yards per carry. Terrible. I mean, he saw he saw the green pasture. He said, fine, you're going to bring the blitz. I'm going to roll out to the right and there's and I'm going to have all this. I mean, Russ is still fast. He's not. I mean, he's not like he's not like Kirk Cousins fast. LOL. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's not- but I mean, he's he's still pretty fast and he he found he found the green. He exposed us like it's just it's just so upsetting. You and I have been making fun of Russell Wilson, the Denver Broncos this entire year. And of course, it comes to buy us because because spags is just dying on this hill of letting his like weak cornerbacks be on an island and and it and we've talked about this as well reese the cornerbacks that leave our defense can go to a different defense excel mm-hmm. Traverius ward is excelling kendall fuller's excelling marcus peters for you know when he was when he was healthy was i would say debatably excelling more on in a ravens defense than he was in our defense yeah um all all of these corners it's not like they've grown like a a third arm or a you know a fifth bicep they're the same person in a different scheme and they're excelling because that like i i uh i was listening to the radio and they were saying is this a personnel problem or is this a spags problem and like people were having this legitimate debate no like these are these are good players i I think they're good players yeah right i think trent mcduffie's a good player i think legeris needs a good player i just think spags is not putting them up for success and it's showing against again th- like this game is the a culmination of four years of spags a terrible offense having the worst season they've ever had and then the chiefs give them life i'm even going to go so far as to say like justin herbert the very first game that he has we gave his career life spags gave his career life i love justin herbert but like was he really that good day one i don't know i don't know because our defense sucks i, I really don't know reese well here's a, here's a fun question uh did we breathe life into justin hackett's career as the broncos coach oh. because when we were when we were up 27 zero there had to have been like broncos fans who like okay this is it like he's gonna get fired yeah, john, john elway's already getting the pink printing out the pink slip but since he dragged them back into the game and he made it a nail biter down to the final drive they might say well Maybe we got something with Russ and Hackett and Jerry, Judy, and Dolchich here. You know, it's like, and we're, we're missing a, who's that running back of theirs? Williams, you know, who's a. Um, yeah, yeah, D- uh, Javante Williams, yeah, who's Javante Williams uh, ACL back, for the year. You know, Cortland Sutton is injured. Maybe, maybe we got something here with Hackett, which they don't. Uh, but do you think we bought Hackett uh, maybe another year on his contract? 
Oh, totally. Yeah, we totally bought. It. Look, we we bought him another year on his contract. We bought we bought Mike Vrabel another year on his contract. We bought uh, we bought Sean McVay another year. You know, watching whoever his I forgot the you know the quarterback's name there. Like we we resurrect people's career in the worst way, Reese. Yeah, we 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 resurrect careers and Spags. You know, maybe maybe Spags just like has like you know maybe these are all his buddies and he's like you know what man we're gonna we're gonna keep you in this league this is i'm i'm the president of the coaches union we're gonna make sure you keep your job buddy i'm gonna put joshua williams on jerry judy because i have legerious need on kendall hinton i don't know i have legerious need on jalen virgil i have legerious need on mike boone like where where are they so stupid so stupid i (laughs) i think just by and large spag strategy is very archaic he's not good at adjusting i don't think his strategy has aged well into kind of this modern era of the nfl it's much more spread oriented rpo all that jazz we got to remember too people said well you know he's a blitz mastermind it's like is he though because when he was with the giants the year they beat the patriots he had just like that giants defensive line might not be like all time but it was yeah studs absolute studs on that d-line and you can get pressure with just four and let everybody else do their own thing but people seem to forget that he had some pretty atrocious defenses as head coach of the giants and the rams so it's not like a vic fangio thing where even when vic fangio's with the broncos like yeah you're not a good head coach but like your defensive coordinator is showing you know so yeah and and actually let's let's talk about the uh the uh, d-line and then we'll go to break and talk about the offense. But like this is also an, an example of that the battle actually is not won in 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 the trenches. Good point. Where like we saw our defensive line have an incredible day, right? Six sacks on Russell Wilson. Yet we still almost lost this game because of the secondary, because of the cornerbacks and the safeties, which is also very worrisome, right? Chris Jones can bring it. Carl Loftus can get his, you know, can get his. Juan Thornhill even got a sack. Um, who else? Mike Mike Dana looks great. I mean, all these guys look great, but it means nothing if you lose the game because we're putting josh williams on jerry judy so this is like this this heightens my my uh my uh, panic meter reese where like we saw an incredible day from our defensive line and it didn't matter yeah and it didn't matter reese like that's scary like that like i'm sorry that against against a jets team like like you said we we are one and done against the bills against the ravens against the Bengals. we might be one and i mean i'm not going to like solidify it but but is it out of the realm of possibility we're we're one and done against a dolphins defense against uh um a, or i mean a dolphins offense like like who's who's to say jalen waddle and tyree kill are not going to blow us up you know what i mean like like this made my panic meter high. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and I, th- I think unfortunately it really has put a rain cloud on the season for me because it kind of feels like last year where I said you know this team has the talent to win the Super Bowl and they were on their way to do it until a lot of those little you know what do you want to call them imperfections on the face of the Chiefs wound up really being glaring in that game against the Bengals and they came back and bit us and it's the same thing this year it's like wow i'm excited i'm like this is an offense that could win the super bowl and a team that if they all play cohesively and play their best football i'm like this is a super bowl winning team but the defense is so bad 
and has been so bad for the last four or five games this season that I'm just like, it's not going to happen. Even if we, even if we sneak by the Bengals, we finally you know get that monkey off our back in the divisional round. And we wind up against the Bills in the AFC title game. Like they will expose our defense. We're not going to get by. If to win the Super Bowl, if we have divisional AFC title game and Super Bowl, we are not getting by three teams of that quality in a row with this defense. We're just not. I mean, and reset at this point, we can we can put a cap on it. But say say the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles lose for second round, we happen to go up in the Super Bowl against Kirk Cousins or against Brock Purdy. Are you are? Are you dancing because it's a sure win, or are you are you still panicked against a guy like Brock Purdy? Oh my gosh! I mean, it's it's hard to say because Shanahan will make adjustments. You know, I'm sure if we played Shanahan again, he would have figured out what went wrong the first time and will do something that stymies our offense. Versus yeah, I mean, also since the first time he he'll, he'll and and Debo's injured, but Debo will be back since that first time. He'll have like a resurrected Debo, a Christian McCaffrey, a Brandon Ayuk, yeah, uh, like and a George Kittle that you know is better than that Super Bowl year. I mean, he he almost picked apart Spags' defense in that Super Bowl. We did beat him four years ago, and like I said, it's it's right. been downhill on defense since then. Uh, but. Who are my other options? Brock Purdy in the in the Niners. Well, Brock Purdy or or Kirk. Say say it's it's Pat Mahomes versus Kirk Cousins in the Super Bowl. Man, sounds great on paper, but I mean, if you want to talk about a stoppable force meeting a movable object, it's like honest. I, honestly, I think it would come down to like who wants it less. Like, does our defense cost us that game, or does Kirk Cousins in prime time cost the Vikings that game? It's hard to say. Jeez. I mean, the, the fact that we have to have that conversation is inexcusable, right? Like, again, we have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey who are going to have the ma- the most massive statues in Kansas City in the next 20, 30 years. Yet we still can't say we can definitively beat a Brock Purdy's 49ers. You know, I mean, last, geez. last thing I want to say about Spags, and I'll, I'll let it go, is that one reason that I really hope we move on in this offseason is it's just the fact that Mahomes is what now, 27? Uh, yep. I don't want to spend another two or three wait-and-see years with Spags to see if this defense and all these young guys start coming together. Because at that nope. point, Kelsey's 36 or 35. Mahomes is right about 30. And it's just like, you know, you're on the back nine at that point. You know, Mahomes isn't going to be getting better after 30 He's going to be on a slow decline. So right now, it's not win now, but we are definitely in a window where it's like we have to be putting our best feet forward and we don't have the luxury of playing wait and see with them anymore. It is time to start winning some Super Bowls. I also wonder whether other locker rooms like like uh, like a Robert Sala or a or a Shanahan or any of these like very good you know defensive minded teams, if they're saying like man, if if only Kansas City had another coordinator because the guys on that defense are dogs, or whether they're saying like oh yeah the you know Trent McDuffie's fool's gold, Nick Bolton's fool's gold. I really I I I'm hoping that like other people around the league are saying man like like they do have great players on defense i think we got good young guys it's just scheme man i agree 
Reese, let us let us commiserate with a beer during the beer review. Hopefully, it's a little better than last week's beer. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't, you you have to listen to last week's beer review. If you don't listen to anything else, I mean, we also did a pretty good episode about the the Chiefs, which I mean is proving to be true. By the way, we talked about that the safety play. We talked about cornerback play, and it's still translating two games of the similar things. But but stay tuned. Let's fingers crossed that 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 my beer does not taste like a a holiday cheer from Shinerbach, and it's going to be something else. Yeah. Stay tuned. It's everyone's favorite time of the podcast. That's right, it's This Week in Craft Beer, the segment of the show where we discuss what's going on this week in craft beer, as well as delu- review a delicious craft beer for your <laughs> listening pleasure. Uh, this week we are foregoing the news part of this week in craft beer mainly because we've talked a lot this episode and i know people got places to go and things to do but which i mean everybody's busy we're 38 minutes in we'll keep this thing short so armando uh we are continuing on with our christmas beer holiday beer segment extravaganza and uh last week as you mentioned we went through shiner holiday cheer whatever it was and uh dude <laughs> I sent you that photo that Costco had like an entire pallet yeah, of 24 packs of that. Costco, pull out now, man. Dude, absolutely. It's like... Do not sign that contract. Oh, yeah, seriously. Shiner, Shiner Bach, fill your Bocking with coal this Christmas. I don't know. Well, actually, it, it, it might it might actually hurt Shiner because people might not buy it. I know um, I'll, I'll have the brewery remain nameless, but... I've heard of a couple breweries where they will do um, they'll do contracts with like Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, um, but if it doesn't pan out, they've already like given all that beer out, and it's really hard to buy back beers. Oh yeah, you know what I mean, like if you've uh, you know if a beer's been sitting out there for a couple months, you're going to have to restock it. What happens to all that beer? And you also can't ask Costco or Whole Foods to pay up front for all that stuff, you know? So you kind of just, like, take the L on the contract. Which, Shiner, you you, you might take the L on that contract. And we're, we're saying that because it was not a good beer. That was, I mean, legitimately, that might be, that's top two of the worst beers I've ever had in my life. I can distinctly remember one beer that's up in that category of being bad. But it was a brew pub back in Cedar Falls, Iowa. Okay. Like it, circa 2012 or whenever I could drink. So it's like uh, they're not when like when like when craft breweries were like, well, those type of craft breweries were like just figuring out how to make beer. And this wasn't even a brewery. It was like a sports bar that got some <laughs> brewing tanks and like tried making oh, their no. own beer. So, I mean, that's their excuse. Like what Shiner's excuse? <laughs> right they have like massive amounts of resources i have no idea my the one of the worst beers i had was um was sam adams cherry wheat oh here's a funny thing about cherry wheat so the very first cherry wheat i ever had i actually thought was really good i've had it like two other times since and it's never been nearly as good so i don't know if i dude, just like it is dude, it, it's it's robitussin bro oh gosh that's a, that's a shame Maybe the first one I had was like when they used actual cherries or cherry puree, and then they just like switched to Robitussin. They're like, we don't got the money for that. Yeah, screw that. Reese, if 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 we have the best beers called Mount Crushmore, what is what is the the worst beers? What uh, what mountain is it or equivalent to Mount Crushmore? Oh gosh, um, 
Plymouth Bach. I don't know. <laughs> Spagsmore. Sp- Spagsmore. Yeah. Uh, Mount Mount Ain't Hellas. <laughs> nice, nice. There we go. Yeah, I think I think we can put holiday cheer, and I'm, I'm I think we should put cherry weed on on Mount Ain't Hellas. All right. We got hol- we got holiday cheer, cherry weed. <laughs> And the weird beer that <laughs> existed back From in the season. brew pub. <laughs> yep, Ugh. sports bar. That's funny, man. In shambles. It's like a. It's like an Iowa ski resort. Anyway, so Armando, which beer have you brought to review for our Christmas beer segment today? All right. Well, this one I, I've had before. Maybe not on the podcast, but I've had it before, so I know it's not going to be like as bad as as the holiday cheer, unless I got a bad batch. Uh-huh. Uh, but this is actually one of one of my favorite holiday beers. Uh, my father in law got me got me into it um, about five or six years ago because, like, growing up, I don't I didn't have like holiday beers. You know, like when I was young, I mean like just started drinking beers i just wanted to drink beer right yeah. like, i was just like it's the holidays whatever give me a bud light oh yeah <laughs> give me that but now that now that my palate is sophisticated reese there's one winter beer that i really enjoy so today i'm going to be reviewing odell brewing's isolation ale Ooh. which is a classic winter warmer Oh baby, I've never had isolation, but I've heard it's really good. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's made with um, nugget hops, I guess, mm-hmm. gotcha. and just has a, a yeast and malt strain that you know really makes it wintry. But any- I guess we'll go into that right now. For those of you listening at home, we review our beers on this show using five categories: those being appearance, aroma, flavor, mouthfeel, and aftertaste. Yeast category gets uh, rated 1 to 10, 1 being Shiner Holiday Cheer, 10 being Mount Crushmore worthy. <laughs> so, Armando's pouring that beer into the glass. Armando, appearance. What does that bad boy look like? All right. So, appearance. I don't know if you can see there. It's a little darker on your end, but yeah. a really, really nice golden brown, a little bit darker golden brown. Um even got some red in it and if i'm looking at the website right now it's almost identical to like the website picture which is very promising great head retention on the top as well still got some of that carb coming in i bought this i don't know probably the first week of december so it's not too old but you can tell it's still very fresh um yeah love the golden brown almost reddish color on it um very translucent as well not too thick which uh, i'll talk more about that when we go into flavor uh but yeah love love the color great for the style how about an 8.7 all right 8.7 on that winter warmer it's a little more translucent than i thought it was gonna be just looking through the camera like, yeah yeah definitely not too thick i mean you can definitely see through the beer mm-hmm. um and i'll talk about it because it, that definitely correlates with the with the flavor all right then category number two aroma what does that beer smell like cool uh preface this i'm a little stuffed up right now i don't Uh-oh. know why but i am so i don't know if i'm gonna get all of it but we'll see dude noel's got nasty cold right now too i'm probably gonna get that right about christmas oh, really time. Oh, my luck i don't knock on wood I, I don't have a cold or anything i just like i don't know i just feel congested i got you yeah you get it you know um again preface it with my my nose is not like 100 percent right now but definitely get a lot of sweet caramel caramel uh smells i was gonna say flavor it but not flavor 
Yeah, a lot of sweet caramel smell. You definitely get some of that malt as well. Not as thick as maybe some other like amber, like hardcore amber ales, but this is a really nice, really nice sweet smell juxtaposed with that like bread crummy malt, Mm -hmm. uh, malt flavor. Sorry, not flavor, scent. I don't know why I say flavor. It's okay. Baby brain. How about that? Yeah. Pretty nice though, great. Uh, not, I wanted a little bit more cinnamon. I remember when I had this beer, I I had a little bit more of like the nutmeg cinnamon. I'm not getting that at all right now. Hmm. Um, so that's disappointing. But for the most part, I mean, it's still still a very good smell. Seven point two. Okay, seven point two on aroma, right on. I was gonna ask about the holiday spices because I know Boulevard's Nutcracker Winter Warmer. Again, it's like the cherry wheat thing. It's like back when I first started drinking and I had that for like the first couple Christmases, I distinctly remember like way more Christmas allspice flavor than it is now, whereas now it just kind of tastes like Boulevard Pale Ale with Chinook hop instead of whatever the regular hop is. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder I wonder if our, like our taste buds get used to things that we've had and that it's like, for example, like when I first had Irish ale on tap, like uh, Boulevard's Irish ale, it was amazing. And then and then when I had it in a can later, like wasn't like just didn't have like all the flavor profile that I remember, like the first time having it. I wonder if our taste was we just get used to it. Yeah, it could be. Could be. Well, it's neither here nor there because category three is flavor. And that's here right now. Yeah, definitely. Definitely get the, the caramel flavor that I got on the nose. This time I'm really getting more molasses though, which I guess can I see? Yeah, molasses. I guess you can smell molasses, but definitely did not smell the molasses. Um, it's that's really nice, and it gives uh, gives a little heaviness to the taste as well. Not like um, uh, not mouthfeel, but just taste wise, it feels heavy. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I get that. Less less of the malt. I remember it being a little bit more biscuity the last time I had it, but I'm not really getting that. I'm really getting like predominantly sweet flavors on this. Mm. I guess the molasses kind of rounds it out and gives it a little rounder, like roasty flavor, which is pretty nice. Gotcha. Um, still, still solid, Reese. How about an 8.1? Okay, that's a good grade, 8.1. Then category number four, mouthfeel. You kind of touched down on it having a heavy flavor, but what's the mouthfeel mm. like on that? Well, here's my favorite part of isolation ale. So with something that's like a heavier mouthfeel or something like a, a, you know, not that this is like a double amber ale, but something that you would think of a heavier amber ale. What's great about this is that like the carb on it really makes it crispy. So having that crispy like juxtaposed to the molasses and the caramel is really awesome. That's one of my favorite features of the beer. Um, even though I think it is it eight point no, it's actually it's only a six point it's only a six percent beer. Really? It's, it's, For a winter warmer? Yeah, it's crushable. Isn't that cool? That's interesting. I, yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's like a roasty amber ale, I guess. That's fascinating, because I was always told part of what makes a winter warmer winter warmer is that it's a notch higher in alcohol content, and that's designed to, quote, warm you up. So it's usually at least, you know, like six and a half on up, but yeah, six at least right. Fascinating. Yeah, and that's and and this is why I like the beer, because the mouth the the mouthfeel is, is very light. 
even though you have all those, like like I said, the the caramel, the molasses, a little bit of the biscuit. Now I'm getting, um, it still has that light texture, so that I could have like three or four of these and have a really good time. Um, and that's very unique, right? There's not a lot of like winter beers that it's not too heavy. This is actually like more on the light side, which is a lot of fun. So how about a how about a nine point seven oh, on mouthfeel? That's good, a good job, Odell. That's a stratospheric mouthfeel rating. You rarely get above above eight percent or eight. You, gotta, you, you know, I, Odell Odell does beers right. I, I don't think I've ever had a bad beer. Not that they're like like just home run hitters, but I've never had a bad beer from Odell. Yeah. Always really good. Odell's consistent stuff. Then category number five, aftertaste. How does that thing differ on the back half than it tastes on the front half? Yeah, that's where I start getting more of the biscuit flavor. And f- the last time that I had this, I, I really thought that it was on the front end, but this is way more on the back end, less sweet. Definitely in a little bit. Well, actually, no, I still get the molasses on the back end, um, but now more featured of that, like that maltiness, that biscuitiness, that bread crumminess. That's what I'm getting on the back end, which is nice. It's not. It's not too bad. I mean, you know me, my 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 palate. Maybe maybe my palate is just dying, Reese. Oh no! Because like like now I just like I only drink I only drink pilsners and occasionally I'll drink an IPA here and there. But I don't know. I'm just maybe I'm just getting old. I feel like drinking those kind of clean beers like reset your palate, though, wouldn't they? I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I just I just don't really care for like anything exotic right now. It's okay. I mean, we all go in phases, <laughs> you know. Things actually, I actually I actually have like a fun off-topic thing we can talk about in the next segment about like getting older. I think it's <laughs> funny. Um, anyway, Fair we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about the next segment. But uh but yeah, no. After it's pretty good. Again, biscuity, uh but still get some of that sweetness. How about a 8.2? All right, 8.2. Then last, but not least, there's one more present under the Christmas tree. That is the secret category of Stonk's Drinkability Quotient. Freestyle in that yeah. beer. Yeah, no, I mean, this, like, first of all, the can art's really cool. I mean, it's very detailed. It, mm. it gets you in the mood. It's like we're in Estes Park or something. We got a nice, cozy cabin. Yep. Where's the... We got a nice cozy cabin. We got you got the pine trees. We got even a sunset. Ooh, it's like a sunset moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, a really nice can art makes you feel warm and cozy. But again, it's got that it's got that lightness. It's something that you definitely want to like put the campfire on or like put your put your house. Um, what is it called? What's what's I, I want to say house fire fireplace fireplace nice <laughs> baby brain uh keep it in there that's funny huh. uh you know put the fireplace on but you don't want to have bourbon you don't want to have eggnog you want to keep it a little light i mean this is just the perfect beer for for december pop on the home alone too oh man you know be on the be on the chefs get the get the blanket going oh yeah it's just it, it's just bringing all the great feels reese and shout out to odell for making a great beer good can art good feels 9.1 on stocks drinkability wow a glowing beer review much like a glowing roaring fire in a fireplace for armando Contreras. well armando why did i say Contreras? that's so weird <laughs> Man, I don't know. Baby Con- brain. I want to use Armando that too. Contreras. <laughs> Big con yeah. drinkability oh. question. I've 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 heard worse. Well, you know what? Every people still in in our chat and like people that I know that are very good friends still say A R M O N D O. Arm Armando. Yeah, because like 
because they're thinking about it like in an English way, like Armando, like on. Yeah. But since it's Spanish, right? Ah, ah is an is an A in Spanish. Yeah, totally. So like still some still some of my like closest friends still do A R M O N D O. And at this point I'm just like, eh, it's fine, whatever. Well see, then you had me checking my phone just now making sure I wasn't one of those dudes, but no, I got you. Oh no, you're not. And if you are, I don't remember. No, it's no. like no, it's it, it friends friends from like the past. Yeah. Come on, guys. That's why you take three years of high school Spanish and then quit three weeks into Spanish four because it gets too hard. Right. Because if it, if it's Spanish, it would be the, if it was oh, then it'd be Armando. Yeah. That's our ma ah ah. Come on, guys. Anyway. Anyway, there's, there's your there's your diction lesson for the day. Thank you for listening to this B review and stay tuned for more Kansas City Chiefs analysis. It's gonna be good. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are back from a great beer review. I'm, I'm sipping on some isolation ale, and Reese is still sipping on the remnants of a week old holiday cheer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bound and determined oh. to finish it. Do, do you still have holiday cheer? <laughs> no, I, I actually went inverse and I. Uh, I joined one of those beliefs that no holidays exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Um, so I was speaking about um, old things. My my students, Reese, tell me that I'm very much a millennial, and I don't know why. Really? Is that like like we're we're getting to the age where we are past the generation of like or like our generation is clearly defined by our mannerisms oh yeah like we're like you know like when when we were millennials it was like oh you you millennials you guys are you know oh millennials you you young crazy kids now our generation is like defined by specific things and it's weird and it's like making me feel old man so what's what's the generation that you're teaching then because they're what 18 19 yeah, eighteen, nineteen. Like, gen, I think they're Gen Z. Oh, still Gen Z. Okay, interesting, interesting. But like, but like, so then I was like, so I asked them. I was like, then what is your generation defined as? And they're like, oh, I don't know. We're just young kids. <laughs> and I was like, I feel like up up until a couple of years ago, we were like the millennials, were like, oh, you young kids. But now we're like clearly defined by like skinny jeans, cardigans, even our like inflections in the way that we speak. apparently is like a millennial thing so like i don't know i just have a bunch of students that make fun of me now and i'm just like damn i'm old dude dude well i mean they're defined by tide pods and tiktok dances and Fortnite, so i don't give a crap (laughs) (laughs) dumb kids that's true that's true eat 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 tide pods yeah what's the new thing now like they're taping their mouth shut while they while they sleep yeah really because like I guess why <laughs> what something about Did your, you find that on Reddit. <laughs> I think it's something about like you're supposed to breathe better through your nose at night and like keeping your mouth shut keeps you from getting dry mouth and it also keeps your face from getting premature wrinkles. Even though, like every doctor I've ever talked to about that's like no that's so freaking stupid. He's like you don't breathe better through your nose at night. If you get congested or you have sleep apnea you could like legit die. <laughs> you can die. <laughs> My 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 brother does have sleep apnea and he has to breathe the like he has a machine when he goes to sleep. Yeah, dude. So he would actually die. Yeah. 
CPAP. That's better nap. CPAP better nap. Oh, all right. Shout out to Akon, the real, a real, a real sleeper over there. Yeah, dude. Akon. Anyway, real, real sleeping. We're we're sleeping on the majesty of Patrick Mahomes, Reese. Yeah, we are. And we're sleeping on it because it was a, it was a weird weird game, Reese. Patrick Mahomes, three hundred and fifty two yards with three touchdowns. If I would have just told you that, you would have said MVP unquestionably against a very good Broncos defense right we hate the Broncos offense but Broncos defense has been pretty good this year so for like Patrick Mahomes to light them up from that point of view is impressive but then we had three interceptions Reese three interceptions which I think has only happened twice in his career if not this is the first time I think it's the second time this happened in his career very rare do we have three mistakes from Patrick Mahomes um Reese, what uh, without asking a question, just what what are your thoughts about this strange game from Patrick Mahomes? It's like I I don't think we've ever seen Super Saiyan video game Patrick Mahomes and underwhelming playing bad Patrick Mahomes. But even then, like it's not like you played absolutely terrible. If I may di- if I may digress for a second here, if, if I can break down these three interceptions for you. The first one was a combination of it wasn't a bad decision; it was just a bad throw and actually a good play by Josie Jewell. Josie yeah, Jewell, I, th- I thought it, I thought it was a great play by Jewell. And I mean, Jewell's Jewell is the Iowa linebacker that we didn't get. We got Hitchens and Neiman, and I wish we'd have gotten Jewell instead. But anyway, uh, the second interception by Mahomes. Uh, first off, it was again a fantastic play by Judy or not Judy, uh, Patrick Sertan. Uh, a little bit of a lucky play by Sertan, because like if that ball is you know two inches to the left, it skips off the turf instead of like the ring finger of his glove. Uh, yep. But the third thing on that is that this is the third time this year Skymore has caused an interception. That's the exact same route that closed the game against the Bills. He threw an interception like that against I think it was the Chargers, and it's it's some sort of timing route with a or curl route with a timing to it because. Every time, Moore is like turning around and he's not ready for the ball. And there's a second defender right there that jumps in front of the route and picks it off. That's happened three times now. So either we need to get that play out of the book or we need to stop running it to Sky until Sky gets his head on his shoulders and can do that properly. So so, so, so do you think that it's schematic or is it that Patrick Mahomes like... That's what he does with receivers where he'll like purposefully underthrow so that they can come back in and just something that he has like he 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 has the experience with Travis Kelsey with Michael Harbin. I feel like maybe it's not like that. That wasn't the actual route, but he just expects Sky Moore to like have the intelligence that Travis Kelsey does and and that Michael Hardman does and even like a guy like Juju Smith Schuster does. I think that's more so what it is. I think this is more. Sky needing more reps under his belt to know how to run that route to make it work because he might be running it perfect you know maybe like okay this route I run eight yards out and then I immediately turn around and get it's like yeah well Pat knows there's going to be a defender there so he wants you to run it like six yards and start turning around so you you can kind of fall back with it Uh, but the third interception I will say the third interception is the first time in my life watching Patrick Mahomes. I I literally said, what the heck were you thinking on that? That was just bad. No sense. (laughs) 
And and this was like right after him getting like quadruple sacked and throwing it to Juju Smith Schuster, making like an amazing touchdown throw yep. um, to him in the end zone, and then like right afterward makes this boneheaded throw. No, oh, it, it it was bad. It was bad. But so that's all to say, like he didn't play absolutely atrocious. Twenty eight of forty two, three hundred fifty two yards, three tuds, three interceptions, but. Man, when have we ever seen him do just absolute crazy pickup ball video game home stuff and play so underwhelming for the rest of a game like that? Never. And 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 what pisses me off, Reese, is that like he's had two like very um like um story defining Patrick Mahomes plays in the past two games that we're probably gonna forget because of like the crazy things. I I don't think we're uh, we're uh, gonna forget his no look shovel pass, but we've already forgotten his Michael Jordan like in the end zone against the Bengals because we lost. And I feel like we are also overshadowing like that amazing play that he made with his three interceptions and almost losing to the Broncos and a concussed Russell Wilson and Brett and Brett repeat or however you say his last name right so like it's just it's again it's it's just so unfortunate reese that we have the best player in the nfl and like probably going to go down as like the best player to ever live and mistakes overshadow all those things so that i think that pisses me off the most Um, i'm going to agree with you with all the interceptions like the first one was fine second one you know was sky morris fall and the third one was just boneheaded but again we 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 expect at least one of those from patrick mahomes because of the plays that he makes like we like i've said in the past and you and i agree we live and die by patrick mahomes like improvisational you know amazing touchdowns or also just boneheaded plays where he thinks he sees something and then all of a sudden there's there's four defenders in the same area and just throws it right to uh to to your boy what's his name Uh, jewel yeah Josie jewel man two interceptions but again i think it it was a great defense and i think we've dissected the interceptions it's not like it was like like a like a zach wilson you know three interception game where zach wilson is just making like awful throw after awful throw he had an incredible game it was just just i think just two mistakes and those two mistakes were like extremely costly but again jared jared mckinnon seven receptions for 112 yards juju smith schuster nine receptions for 74 yards travis kelsey 71 yards i mean just like great like great games by our uh, by our receivers and then your boy well i don't know if we want to put a cap on patrick mahomes but actually reese even with this game do you think patrick mahomes is still the mvp of the league um, or is it Jalen Hurts, who apparently Jalen Hurts only has three interceptions the entire season? That's true. Um, I hear that. Uh, I, I do think Jalen Hurts, it's probably his award to lose at this point because it's more of a narrative-based thing than an actual on-field accomplishment. And I honestly think that if you watch those two guys side-by-side, side, no one's going to be picking Jalen Hurts over Patrick Mahomes in terms of who's the better player. Uh, one thing I wish would be taken into account but is not being taken into account is the fact that this was supposed to be Patrick's huge step back year now that Tyreek Hill's not here, but Pat's on pace to set the single season passing yards record and possibly throw 45 plus touchdowns. On the flip Incredible. side of things, I'm saying the same thing about Jalen Hurts I'm saying about Tua, and that's that Jalen Hurts, we've seen him now, and we, we know what Jalen Hurts was coming into this year. It wasn't until you brought in A.J. Brown and a bunch of other talent that Jalen Hurts started looking good. So how can Jalen Hurts be the most viable player on that team when it's A.J. Brown who makes him good? 
Oh, good point. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, and they're also using their their running backs a lot better than they've ever used them before. Miles Sanders having an incredible year, and, and you know they've also played a really trash schedule. I mean, I know, I know the Chiefs' schedule didn't wind up panning out to be as like all time hard as we thought it would be, but like the quarterbacks that he's gotten to go up against. I mean, he's going up against like Cooper Rush, uh, Kirk Cousins, Taylor Heineke, all those dudes. You know, mm-hmm. he hasn't played a guy who sniffed the level of Justin Herbert or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Jalen Hurts is the like 2019 or sorry 2020 Josh Allen, where like it's just it's just a really good story. You know, J- Jalen Hurts is a fun guy, is a good guy, but. Is he Patrick Mahomes? No. Like, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant had like average 35 points one year, but Steve Nash won the MVP because it was a great story. It was a great story for, you know, Steve Nash from Canada can dish the rock and make a layup. Woo. Yeah. John like, Stockton <laughs> punching air. <laughs> yeah. Is, is, Jay, is Jalen Hurts the new Steve Nash, Reese? I, I mean, I, I think he might be. <laughs> I, I'm still not saying that the the Eagles might be one and done in the playoffs to be honest. Oh, totally. Uh, Yeah. I don't think anybody would, would, would be surprised if the Eagles, like, again, the Eagles are the darling of the NFL where it's like, Ooh, new team, no experience. You're going to get laid out, man. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, that to say, honestly, like, I'm sorry. I'm going to sound bitter on this. I, I, this was very eerily similar to two years ago when Pat was the front runner for MVP again. Uh, come out with a strong start against the Dolphins, uh, but Pat winds up throwing three interceptions that game, makes it a close game against the Dolphins, and Rodgers winds up winning the MVP that year. It just sucks because Mahomes has been a much better player all year, and I really think he deserves MVP this year, especially doing the things he did in this game still. It's not like he had a terrible you know, one-touchdown, three-interception game. It's like, no, he went nuclear for a half, you know? So, yeah, it's it's probably, probably Jalen Hurts to lose. Yeah, but also with the strength of schedule, if if Pat puts up incredible numbers the next four games, I think I think they really have a chance. Uh, Reese, let's go ahead and close it out then. Actually, just a special shout out to your boy Isaiah Pacheco. He looks like he's improving every single game. Reese, thirteen carries, seventy yards. Um, didn't have a, a ton of time. I mean, only thirteen carries, but I think he would have done even more. But I mean, every time we see it, man, he's finding the holes. He he's got a freaking motor, and the motor's like getting bigger. It's in, it's incredible man yeah i love how he iced that game uh just running through those two dudes to get that first down on second and ten that was huge and i do believe that made angry runs or will make angry runs this week uh but no i think there's been at least two if not three games this year that if clyde edwards alaire is our feature back instead of isaiah pacheco i'm like i don't think we win those like no way we need this strong workhorse back that can get us these yards, extend drives, and run out the clock. And that's exactly what Pacheco's done this year. I was a little surprised uh, because I believe at one point, it was like the end of the first half, I saw a graphic saying he had nine carries at that point. I'm shocked we only gave him the ball four times in the second half. You know, that's a little concerning. Uh, Jarek McKinnon still played well, but, dude, you keep riding the hot hand, and that was Isaiah Pacheco, so... Yeah, totally. Well, we uh, hopefully we're going to see a lot of more of him. But man, it's looking the Isaiah Pacheco project looking incredible. All right, Reese, let's go ahead and end this podcast. Then uh, give us the score prediction. We're going to be playing the Texans next week, and looks like they're not going to have Damian Pierce. So it's going to be like Davis Mills and 
Nico Collins, maybe? No. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I, I was going to say. So, I, what, what do you got? Did, didn't they start somebody other than Davis Mills at one point this year? Yeah. No, yeah. I think it was someone. Actually, I think last week we might not even get Davis Mills. Oof. Well, yeah, I don't know. We're gonna get we're gonna get someone bad. Yeah, hopefully, uh, make him look like Johnny Unitas, though. Um, you know, so <laughs> the Broncos are bad, but they still have talent in their division rival. I think this Houston Texans team truly is a woeful team this year. And if we don't go into Houston and drop like thirty three points on them at least, and have our defense hold them to under twenty four, I'm gonna be seriously concerned. Uh, why don't we take that score? Let's go 33-24, Chiefs. Yeah, I, I, there, there is nothing that tells me that this um, this uh, Chiefs defense is going to stop even a Texans team, um, especially because if they are, are behind, kind of like the Broncos, they're, they're going to have to sling the ball, and the chances are someone someone's going to catch the ball down the field if they're one-on-one with Joshua Williams or Jalen Watson. So I agree with you that they're probably going to score 20 points and that I don't even know why it would be that way. Um, otherwise, I think Patrick Mahomes, because he's sniffing an MVP and because he had three interceptions, I think he's going to come out guns blazing, and I think they're going to like really plan for him to just have like a all-out game so that ESPN can talk about Patrick Williams the whole week. Uh, let's do forty to twenty, Chiefs. All right, forty twenty Chiefs. I hope you're right. It would be last thing I'll just say. I think my biggest frustration on this Denver game this past week is I told my wife I'm like just once I'm like I would like the Chiefs to win a game from start to finish or pull away at half so I can just enjoy the game and 27 nothing you should be able to do that I'm yeah well, you're right we, we we have not even even the Rams game wasn't like a like a boring game right the Rams only scored 10 points but like it was still kind of like nerve-wracking towards the end yeah so we we haven't seen a we haven't seen a chill game the entire year please Kansas City Chiefs let's let's have this one week we can just relax after the second quarter yeah like the like the Cardinals game give us the Cardinals game again right exactly oh, that's right the Cardinals game was fun all right stay tuned ladies and gentlemen for hopefully is an easy game but you you know the Kansas City Chiefs we we may be back here and have a lot to talk about we'll see you thanks for thanks for being with us and we'll see you next time go Chiefs we'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media podcast is brought to you by listener support so consider becoming a friend of the podcast check out our patreon page at patreon.com backslash fcsm to gain access to premium content including outtakes bonus episodes and exclusive beer reviews check out our website at fountaincitysportsmedia.com for more info on the podcast social media and of course the goings on in the beer industry Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese, and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media. Fountain City Sports Media.